Good morning, and welcome to Aldersgate United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Gary Brooks, and along with uh, Pastor Maria Penrod, we welcome you. Pastor Daniel is in Winfield today. He's uh, preaching at the homecoming worship service for Southwestern College. How good is that? So he'll be back with us. Yes. Uh, go Southwestern. Is that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad that you're here. How many of you watched the Astros and Mariners game last night? How many of you stuck with it? Oh, yeah, hands down. Yeah, Brian did back in the sound room. We turned it off before the benediction. 18 innings. Oh, my land. And in case you turned it off, the Astros won by one point. All right. We continue our sermon series. We wrap it up today with what if Jesus really meant what Jesus said? Go make disciples. So we'll unpack that as we go through the service and uh, be a part of that. So, uh, and then if you'd like to give to uh, Hurricane Relief, you can do so. Just write your check to Aldersgate and write Hurricane on it, and it'll go to the right place. And... Um, Yes, and we have another announcement. Let's see. What? what? Hmm? Oh, what's going hey, on? Hey, Linda. Remember, we need to um, do the announcement again. Remember last year how we showed them all the ways that you could use a blanket? Yeah, I remember last year you had me on the floor, standing up, on the floor, wrapped up. <laughs> well... We don't have to do all that again. Good, well, let's good. just tell them about the blanket collection. All right. Well, the United Women in Faith and the Mission Group are again teaming up to um, run our October blanket drive for blankets to be delivered to Open Door and to New Covenant. Last year, we took down a little, I think, over 200 blankets. And it seems like... They're always about ready to run out when we come. And I think that's the way God makes sure that we never run completely out down there. But um, they were so excited to see us. And so, you know, if it's something that you, God puts in your heart, we would love to have you join us in the donation. And wasn't your van just almost completely full when you left? Yeah. I um, was sitting in the passenger seat and I couldn't hardly see out the window and which is really a problem because I like to drive even though I'm in the passenger seat so isn't that awesome how our congregation is so so generous Absolutely. so if you can bring us a blanket before the end of this month we'll take a new blanket or a gently used blanket we'll take a blanket any size any color even one like this with duckies on it and um, we'll take those down to New Covenant and Open Door. We'd like to shoot for 200 again, and we don't have that many out there. So please, in your shopping this week, pick up a blanket somewhere and bring it to church next week with you. There's a little display out here in the narthex that looks like a bed, or we tried to make it look like a bed. And um, just... Put your blanket there, and we'll make sure they get to the people that need them right now that are cold. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
And we have uh, an upgraded bus. Take a look. We have a picture of our church bus. Look at there. We got the graphics on it. It's no longer a plain white bus. It is the best looking bus this side of the Mississippi. And um, uh, so it, it will tell the story wherever we go. So I wanted you to know that that's been done thanks to the trustees and to some very artistic people who uh, helped make that possible. Next Sunday will be a, a Sunday that we'll be selling some more of these t-shirts. And if you'd like to do that, it's a great way to witness without saying a word. People sometimes say, Aldersgate? What in the world is Aldersgate? Let me tell you. And so I get to tell them about May 24th, 1738, when John Wesley had a heartwarming experience. So uh, that's next Sunday. Well, there's other announcements. I hope you'll take a note of them and read them as you wish. Let's take a moment and stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours. join together in the call to worship. Come, let us worship and adore the God of our salvation and hope. We gather to celebrate the power of the good news, to lift up the weary, 
and restore those who have sinned. May the story of Jesus lighten the burdens of today and grant fresh wisdom for living. We offer this sacrifice of praise and raise our voices to honor and adore our great and mighty Lord. Let us sing, O God, beyond all praising. Join me in the invocation. Grant us wisdom and courage as we worship you. Forgive our sins and free us for joyful service, that through our living and through our loving, Christ may be our peace and become a blessing for the world around us. We lift our hearts before you and long for the wisdom of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Speed Racer, what are we going to tell our wives to get us out of this one? Hey, kids, say a little prayer so we can get out of this, all right? Look, we'll just tell them we're volunteering at our church, and we'll get a warning. I gave you a warning. I said, slow down. And do you remember what you said? Banana. Hey, officer. We were just on our way to volunteer at our church's trunk or treat. You may know it as a Holy Ghost weenie roast. Uh, Harvest hoedown. Hallelujah ween, hallelujah palooza, or maybe even hallelujah booyah. Or whatever your church calls its family-friendly Halloween alternative. Relax, guys. I'm volunteering at the church, too. <laughs> so he doesn't get a ticket? Oh, he's still getting a ticket. It's illegal in this state for a giant Twinkie to operate a motor vehicle. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> Why don't you guys follow me over there? You're our new boss. 
can tell, we have an event coming up in a couple weeks, don't we, Gary? Oh, he even has some candy. Our trunk or treat is in two Sundays. It's fun to pass out candy, isn't it, Gary? I know. I mean, it's fun. Oh, I think Alex needs some over there. Yeah, he's our lone. Oh, there you go. He can die for it. It's fun to hand it out, isn't it? And look at all these smiles. <laughs> so, you know what? Gary, we have, we have known this over the years. So this is probably our biggest event where we get the most people from the community into, onto our parking lot, into our building. It is an amazing outreach. And what some people don't know is they probably think, and a lot of our members probably think, well, this is just, you know, it's a fun event for the kids, you know, and, oh, we like dressing up and coming and decorating too. But did you know, you know, you and I both know, we have members who have joined because of Trunk or Treat. A lot of people don't know that, but over the years, we have had people come back to our church. They've stepped foot on our grounds because of Trunk or Treat. They've come back and they've joined the church. So it is an outreach. It's an outreach for not only for the community to have a safe place to trick or treat, but it's fun and it does get us to be able to show them what we're all about here at Aldersgate. Handing out candy is just fun, isn't it? I know, and then you get to have a few. I know, you and Maria. I know, exactly. So, but it takes, it takes a lot of us to do this, to pull it off. Sometimes we have 2,000 people coming onto our grounds on that Sunday. I know last year we had at least 800 pieces of candy or, or bags of candy ready to go at our first trunk, which is always our promotion for vacation Bible school the next summer. And those were gone before the evening was over. Well, those kids don't drive themselves here, do they? No, they come with their parents. So when you add parents and sometimes grandparents and other siblings, it's a lot of people that we have show up, but it takes a lot of help. It does. It does. So Gary likes to hand out candy. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be here. He'll be saying hello to people and he'll be handing out candy. We like to have at least 30 trunks. Now, you don't have to be a minion or an Oompa Loompa to decorate. Maybe, maybe you guys are Chiefs fans and you have some Chiefs stuff at home. You can do a Chiefs trunk. Uh, maybe you, are, you like to camp. You can do a camping trunk. There's lots of things you can do and you don't have to make it that yeah, hard. You could borrow the blanket that Gloria has with little duckies That's on it. That's right. You could have a whole like, rubber ducky. Like, yeah, exactly. Ooh. Get a little baby pool, borrow one from us. I've even got the little ducks. We could have a lot of fun with lots it. Lots of ducks. Exactly. But we do need help in other ways too, not only trunks. We have, um, we have other things that need signed up for. Um, we need candy donated. And so if you don't mind just looking out at the table, You'll notice it. It's the trunk or treat table outside, out here in the hallway. And see if there's a way that you can sign up to help. It's a great way to serve our church for an outreach that does impact our congregation. So, thank you. You can Amen. keep the candy or yeah. keep handing it out. If you didn't get some, you can come get some. Uh, okay. We'll ask the ushers to come forward. We'll
You may be seated, unless there's some children that want to come up. Uh, yeah, if you don't want to, that's okay. Yeah, good, I got a couple, got a couple, got a couple, got a couple. get yours in a minute. Mm. Smells good, though. Hey, I just want to say thank you for the thank you. Thank you for the thank you. Last Sunday, uh, so many people came in, and uh, somebody made me a bracelet. How cool is that? I love it. And uh, I got some notes. Here's a thank you note. Thank you for all that you do for pastor appreciation. Here's one that was signed by several that said, Pastor, you're number two. <laughs> huh? Well, but it says underneath, I had to read the small print, Jesus is number one. Okay, I can handle that. Yep, 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 here's one from, this one's from Mason. Hey, Gary, I really appreciate and enjoy all the effort you put into our church and your sermons. And then guess what? Somebody gave me some new socks. <laughs> yeah, look at these socks. This is John three sixteen, and then some bicycle socks. A second pair, so there's two different pairs, but I thought, well, yeah, why don't we just wear one of each? Yeah, and, and so, you know, my mother probably wouldn't, you know, approve, but anyway, so thank you for the thank you. You're so kind. Now, I got, I got something we can all do, and see, <clears throat> today it's about making disciples, and there's things we can do that don't cost any money. Can you give me a fist bump? Okay, now what do you do after a fist bump? You go, yeah, it has a tail on it, all right, all right, you, can you do a fist bump with the tail, all right, everybody do a fist bump with the tail, now let's see if they can do it, everybody do a fist bump with the tail, see, that's the Aldersgate fist bump tail, yeah, no, it came from somewhere else, do you know where it came from? I don't. <laughs> it's just one of those things that's spontaneously generated. Yeah. yeah, it just does that. Well, what I'd like for you to do is to uh, have a conspiracy of kindness that without saying a word, you just go and give. Uh, there's a bunch of us here. You take an aisle, you take an aisle, and you take an aisle, and we'll go give everybody a fist bump and with a tail. Okay? You got to do it. Got to do it. All right? Then I want you to notice that while you do it, the people, are they frowning? Or are they smiling? Take note. We'll see. We'll do a little social experiment here. And we'll see. And, um, okay? You want to do that? And then, um, after church, you can come up and empty that sack. All right. Let's go do that. Kill them with kindness is what they, some say. And um, give everybody a fist bump with a tail. Go do it. Go do it. I'll take a candy. <laughs> All right, whatever. Fist bump tail. Got any fist bump with a tail? Yeah. Yeah, with a tail. All right. See, now that's something everybody can do. 
You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a certification. Now, you want to be careful how you do it in public if you roll up your fist at somebody. <laughs> but you can do it in, you know, in, in, in friendly company. All right. Lord, bless all those that have had fist bumps today and uh, encourage us to be kind wherever we go that your love may be shown through our actions. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everybody's assignment is that after the benediction, everybody has to give five, five fist bumps with tails. Today's first New Testament lesson comes from Romans 10, verses 8 through 17. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, leading to righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, leading to salvation. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all who have obeyed the good news for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of the Lord. And our second uh, New Testament epistle lesson comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Okay, and our gospel lesson is from the words of Jesus from John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34. I invite you to stand. When Jesus gave a new commandment. Now you think, Leviticus 19, 18, that's not new. That came from a long time before. It said, love your neighbor as yourself. But listen how Jesus changed that. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Did you see the change? The new in that is don't love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as our Lord has loved you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, I heard one the other day. I just had to, uh, I just had to uh, pass it along. You probably heard this one too, but I, I just loved it. In, in a certain private school in Washington recently, they had a unique problem. A number of 12-year-old girls were beginning to use lipstick, and they would put it on in the bathroom. That was fine. But after they put on their lipstick, they would press their lips against the mirror. And so there were dozens and dozens of little lip prints. You've heard this before. (laughs) Every night the maintenance man had to come in and scrub them off the mirror. Yes. So the principal decided they had, had to do something about it. So she got all the girls together in the bathroom with the maintenance man and explained to them how difficult it was to wash them off every night. And so she asked the maintenance man to demonstrate for the girls how hard it was to wash off the lipstick. And so he took a long-handled squeegee sponge thingy and he dipped it in the toilet and he washed the mirrors. Still funny even if you've heard it before. (laughs) Next day, there were no lip prints on the mirror. If you've thought about kissing a mirror, think twice. Oh, my. One might think that this sermon on making disciples would be uh, uh, using the the average ordinary scriptures, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, and and, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and, and we talk about uh, uh, banging on doors, going from house to house, standing on the street corner. Oh, no, it's not that kind of sermon. In fact, if you go stand on the street corner and I catch you doing that, I will call a psychiatrist and I will drive you to them. <laughs> I never got so disgusted as uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, I had my granddaughter in the back seat. I was taking her out for ice cream and then going to Grandma and Grandpa's house to play, five-year-old, and we go down Mays and we stop at the stoplight at Mays and 21st, and there's this guy over there with a big placard with a picture of an aborted fetus on it. And I go, yeah, don't look. And of course, what was she doing? Uh, I wanted to get out and give the guy a Christian knuckle sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that kind of evangelism. Um, I want to talk just a minute about the way it was done in the early church and the way it can be effectively done in the modern church, if I might. I've been reading a book here uh, recently. It's a book entitled The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. Patient Ferment, the title tells it all. The Improbable Rise of Christianity in the Roman Empire, written by Alan Kreider. It's an excellent book. I highly commend it to you if you would like to get a window on the research that's been done about the practices of the early church as they reeled from persecution, but as the church grew anyway. Interesting. The uh, persecutions of emperors Nero and Domitian and others literally drove the Christian community underground. 
And it was the only way to survive and be a faithful follower of Jesus in those days was to meet in secret. And they would develop signs. You've heard about the sign of the fish. That when they saw that, only the people that knew what that meant would know that there was a meeting there and they would meet in secret. And in fact, after those persecutions, when they met, they would literally station people at the door to keep people out they didn't know. And only let in folks that were familiar and that were safe. There was no knocking on doors. There was no standing on the street corners trying to recruit people. That was too dangerous. And yet the church grew. The practice of Christians keeping a low profile during the day and meeting in secret after dark behind closed doors. You couldn't be too careful because the Romans had spies out. They were looking to infiltrate every little meeting they could and rat out the people who were disobeying the religious laws. But people at the same time were curious they got to experiencing these Jesus followers in a way that made them want to find out a little bit more. And they would watch them. And they would notice the, the way that these followers lived. Certainly not what they said, because they weren't talking. In daily life, in business ventures, and in the marketplace, people noticed that these folks who met in secret were a little bit kinder than the average lot. They were a little bit more patient with the irate, irate customer, and they were honest in their dealings with people, and in general, they were happier. What was behind that? People wanted to know. And the early church recognized the people's need to know. And so the way they decided that they could do it was to be patient, go slow, if people were inquiring about these secret meetings, you didn't just invite them to come because it might be a Roman snitch. You took your time and you struck up a relationship with them. And you maybe ate with them. Or if you knew someone was hurting, you might help them with a meal or help them with another chore. And what became known was exactly what Jesus was saying. They will know you by how you live your lives. They will know you by your love. It's kind of like St. Francis of Assisi, uh, who's attributed with saying, preach at all times. If necessary, use words. Think about that for a little minute. They could tell which outsiders were serious because they kept coming around and they kept coming around and they wanted to know more and they wanted to strike up a relationship with these positive people who were honest in their business dealings. And over time, they learned that they could begin to teach people what was behind their behaviors and who it was that motivated them. And they would literally take months to do this. If years, that was fine too. They weren't in any hurry. That is a part of the patient 
ferment of the church. And then after uh, these outsiders were fully vetted and trained, then at one point they would be invited to be baptized into the community of faith. And baptism would be their symbol of humility and submission to the ways of Christ, and it would be their entrance ticket to the worship services of the early church. Baptism, an entrance rite, a sacrament of belonging. We still do it today. In fact, you cannot be a member of the church unless you have been baptized. That is a requirement for entrance into the community of faith. We still do it today. They were in no hurry because they knew that in time, the way they lived their lives would tell the testimony. Oh, we need so much of that in our day. Friends, we need to live our lives in such a way that maybe we can turn things around. There is so much unkindness in our world today. People lashing out against people. There's the political ads. Now we've got to watch those for the next month about the people attacking other candidates. Oh, my land, it's horrible. Did you know there's a United Methodist minister that's running for the United States Senate from Kansas? His name is Mark Holland. Look him up. I can't say any more. I don't want to lose our tax-exempt status. <laughs> but I can talk about other ministers, can't I? Mark Holland. Reverend Mark Holland. Our civil discourse has sunk to a low of lows. And even in the church, when we decide who we're going to hate, who we're going to shun, and who we're going to try to manage their righteousness, church folks even spread misinformation about other church folks. We need some kindness. We need some kindness like we used to have. And I believe we still have, but I'm thinking of someone in particular. Someone many of you may know. Her name is Norma Stafford. Anybody know Norma Stafford? She was one of the founders of this church. How many of you got bread from Norma Stafford at some point or another? And one person from an earlier service said, I didn't get bread, I got chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> How good is that? Well, Cynthia Rios, one of our heroes on staff, said, Norma was the epitome of generous hospitality and welcoming to Aldersgate. You never walked into our building without her acknowledging and knowing you were there and your presence was valued. Welcoming was second nature to her. I got to know her for a brief period of time in 2014 when I became pastor here and I began to learn a little bit what people were talking about until she passed away. But I want to tell you this story about uh, Norma. Jenny Parr tells this story. I pick on staff. Yeah, Cynthia, Jenny, she's our adult education person. She tells about when she and her husband, Dennis, uh, came to church for the first time. And that was before this sanctuary. It was, well, we're still meeting down in the fellowship hall. And uh, they came for the very first Sunday. 
And there were many people, few nodded and, and smiled, and they sat in the back row, and then they went home thinking this was a friendly place, they would love to come back, and so they decided to come back the following week. Well, it happened that Norma Stafford had been on vacation that first Sunday they came, but Norma was back the next Sunday. And she had looked over the attendance sheets that people had filled out, and she realized what was going on. Well, they came in, and there was this lady standing there, and she extended her hand to uh, Dennis and Jenny Parr and said, I don't believe I've met you before. He replied, no, my name is Dennis Parr. And she said, no, it's not. And he said, yeah, my name's Dennis Parr. No, it can't be. And so she continued with questions. Well, didn't you used to live on Central? No, I didn't. Didn't you used to have a beard? And Dennis said, no, I didn't. Oh, well, welcome anyway. And she welcomed them on in. And later they would come to laugh about it when following the service... After everybody went home, there was a, 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 the doorbell ringing at the Parr residence, and it was Norma Stafford showing up with a freshly baked loaf of bread and a bit of an apology. She went in and told them about having gone through the, uh, the registration sheets and seeing the, the attendance record, and she was remembering, well, I met a Dennis Parr who came to church some time ago, and he did live on Central, and he did have a beard. And I remember thinking when I saw your address and, and now meeting you that, um, wow, he shaved, and he got married, and he moved to a different house. Well, it was a different Dennis Parr, but her memory was encyclopedic, and she was friendly. People don't remember Norma Stafford by what she said. They remember her because of what she did. And what she did did not require a seminary degree. It did not require a college education. I think we have a picture up there. Oh, there she is with her husband, Bill, um, charter members of this church. And wonderful, wonderful people. Norma was a legend at Aldersgate, and she has been missed, especially her humor and her ability to laugh at herself. And, um, you know, we need to talk about some of these folks because they did what they knew they knew how to do, and they did it well. Hmm. Maybe that's what evangelism is all about. If you read the New Testament... Yes, there was some field preaching. There were some large crowds, especially on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 were added to the number. That was a special day. But for the most part, it was one-to-one -one encounters where relationships were built with people and kind deeds were exchanged. That's how the gospel spread. And that's how people came to know Christ. It's all about the warm hearts and the active hands. And I got to tell you another one. This one's just from Wichita. Maybe you heard this one on Cake TV just a, a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> it's about uh, Mark Edens, who's a disabled veteran who lives here in Wichita. 
and uh, he, he's disabled, unable to get uh, about very easily, and he, he's doing everything he can just to get by. He says, I have a heart condition, I've had two heart attacks, three strokes, and Eden's couldn't physically keep up with his yard work, and the city sent him a notice with a $150 bill for his overgrown yard. But recently, a complete stranger knocked on his front door and asked if he would allow him to mow his lawn for free. Understandably skeptical, Eb Edens agreed. So Spencer, the owner, maybe you know Spencer, I don't know if you know Spencer, he lives in Mays, owner of SB Mowing, got to work, and he mowed this guy's overgrown yard for free, and he took a video of it while he did it, and he posted that video to TikTok, and it blew up. By the next morning, it had six or seven million views, and uh, within the next couple of days, it blew up to 20 million views and thousands of comments from people who wanted to help this disabled veteran. So Spencer opened up a GoFundMe account, and money came in. Now listen to this. It wasn't just a few days later that Spencer went back to this disabled veteran's home, and again, there was a knock at the door, a surprise visit. Only this time, it wasn't a free lawn mowing. It was a check for $10,000. And it was then that Spencer learned that three months before, this veteran had run out of money and he'd had his utilities, his gas, his water, his electricity had been shut off. And he'd gotten along without that for several months. It was a miracle. It was a miracle of modern-day proportions, all because of one fellow who did what he knew how to do, and he just did it for someone else. And that's all that making disciples is all about, so that they will not know us by what we say. They will know us by what we do. Now, you may not be able to mow a lawn. You may not have tons of money to give to a GoFundMe page, but I'll bet you got some candy you need to, to, to get rid of. Or you could send a card, or you could make a phone call, or you could give a fist bump with a tail on it to, and make someone smile. There's so many things that we could do. And this gentleman was able to pay off his court fine and get his utilities turned back on. And uh, when Cake asked Spencer what anybody else could do to help this gentleman, he says the GoFundMe is, is fully funded. He says if you want to support the cause, the best way to do it is to pay it forward. Just do what you can do. If you can only extend a hand, fine. If you can only smile at someone, or if you pick a gum wrapper up off the, the ground, it makes a difference. In the New Testament, the Jesus people didn't start by banging on doors and preaching in street corners or uh, enthusiastically offending many people. No, they built relationships one at a time based on kindness, generosity, honesty, and good deeds. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Just love others as I have loved you. 
one of the things that I wanted to do for some time uh, was to uh, get a chipper shredder. I don't know, some of you probably have those. You grind up sticks with that, you know, limbs. And uh, the neighbors across the street from where we live uh, are moving to another place, and they were having a sale. And they had a chipper for sale, an old craftsman. Hadn't been started for years. And so I, I bought it for probably way too much, but I bought it. And I hauled it home, put new tires on it, and I changed the oil, put gas in it, a new spark plug, and lo and behold, the thing started. Yeah, I sharpened the chippers, and then I go, now what am I going to chip? <laughs> well, I had a few sticks in my yard, but you know what? I just uh, learned that uh, our neighbor right next to us uh, has been in jail. I knew that, and uh, me and one other neighbor on the other side had been mowing his lawn just to make it look like somebody lived there. And uh, I, I had just learned that uh, this fellow would be in jail for another year. And I go, okay, got to do something. Besides, now I have a chipper. And they had, he had a big mulberry tree with shoots 15 foot tall, a red bud that was sprouted and all over the place and some bushes. So I got my nippers out and, and I, I pull all them things over to my yard and I run them through my chipper. And it works really good. But here's why I'm telling this, not to brag because I felt better. My mind, my spirit, for having done something my neighbor will never find out about. And I'll bet they don't let them watch on live stream down at the county farm. It's the Jesus way. Just do what you can do and pass it along then you will have fulfilled this new commandment that he gave to us. And the why? That's why. Let us sing together, Spirit of the Living God. Stay seated.
Let us join together and go to God in prayer. God of grace and love, give us courage to step out of our comfort zones, to build deep relationships, to be vulnerable, to answer your callings, to serve one another. Let us act with humility and grace. Let us do things not for TikTok views, but because you call us to do them. God, we have specific members of our community who are hurting. We know that the peace you give surpasses all understanding. Please wrap these beloved children in your peace. We pray for Melanie Mackley's brother, Daniel, for Judy Luckert, Dennis Morris, Lori Taylor, Carolyn Miller, Nick Arins, Tom and Sharon Kessler, Terry Pogue, Ken Schner, Lori Lowry, Leon Albert, Bonnie Collins, Willie Holtgren, Dee Dee Schneibly, Taylor Dill, for the mother of Denise Wilson, Barb Roloff. Now let us pray the prayer Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. If you would, please stand for our closing hymn, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Shine upon us, set us free by the truth you now bring. 
you can sit down for just a moment while I introduce two wonderful people to you. We've had uh, some persons join in the second service, Jim and Susan Stone, and James and Chelsea Walker. And now we get the privilege of welcoming Anne and John Dupuy. And so uh, we welcome them. They're joining on confession of their faith in Jesus Christ. John is a retired pediatrician at a... Not retired. Oh, you're not retired. No. Still working. Still working. <laughs> See you Monday. <clears throat> I'm just a kid. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. He enjoys photography, bicycling, which wins his heart with me, computers, walking, and music. Anne is a COO at Elevated Health Systems, and she enjoys reading and research, cooking, foodie, foodie, and a cat whisperer. <laughs> Together, John and Anne have six children, Heather, Kate, Greg, Matt, Davy, and Julia, all grown, and they know what they're doing in life. All right, and so we ask you one question, and that is, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? All right, and we have a response. And yeah, we have certificates for you and a response. I invite you to join with me. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. All right, sorry about that Freudian slip. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about <laughs> retiring. I don't know. I, I should have it. But. Well, I hope that you'll make a, a way to uh, up here and greet them in Christian love as you begin the process of getting acquainted. Don't get away till we get your picture. And um, let's give them a hearty Aldersgate welcome. <laughs> now you can stand for the benediction. And you know what that's going to be. Go from this place in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, remembering that happiness is a journey and not a destination. Go, bear witness to the truth of God's word until everyone is saved. Practice responsible citizenship until everyone is free. Paint the world beautiful with the brushstrokes of your faithful service. And then go work like you don't need the money. Study like you don't need the grades. Dance like no one is watching and love like you've never been hurt. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be your everlasting gift. Amen.